Today on Launchpad, we're here with Gary Dick from Inside Indiana Business. We find out who's got to run in their pantyhose. <laughs> High yeah. school kids are the worst. Being nice will get you further than being mean. Why swear words can be beneficial. And we never find out why I have this ridiculous mustache. <laughs> All right, Gary, I have to say that uh, it is quite intimidating having you on the other side of this. <laughs> Not at all. At I'm the table. one who's intimidated. Yeah, no way. I, I, this is, this is a, a change for me, too. So. Um, I, the reason being is uh, when I was on your show, it was uh, I've done a ton of interviews with a, yeah. for a ton of different things, and yours was the most on-point, concise, oh, well-conducted well interview I'd ever Thank been you. a part of, none of which will happen here today with you. <laughs> Good. I'm so, ready. <laughs> um, well, let's just start at the beginning. Yeah. I've, I've heard all kinds of, I mean, you're very accomplished inside Indiana business is quite a fantastic thing you have going, Thank but you. I want to know where you, where you started. Cause this show is really about the journey yeah. and, uh, the, the mess ups and the, you should probably get yourself a beer as well. <laughs> yeah. Good point. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead. Go for it. It'll fill itself while you're, uh, while you're talking. Oh, perfect. I've never done it myself. You can even face the logo like a pro. Yeah, like yeah, good job. And pull it up quick. That's what I call a perfect, yeah. perfect pour. <laughs> cheers. Yeah, cheers. As we get started here, okay. So what was the beginning in the business for Mr. Gary Dick? Well, the beginning in the business. Um, beginning of business in your of life. Of business, yeah. yeah. And, and, and I think it's, it's probably best to, to go back because I... Would never in a million years have guessed I would do. Um, well, I'd start my own business for sure. I'd never thought I'd do that. But, yeah, but nobody goes, should. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, exactly. <laughs> but I was in um, when I was in college. I did a. I thought I wanted to be a high school basketball coach. That's what I wanted to do. And um, and a one moment changed my life. I did a. I did an internship at West Vigo High School in Terre Haute, Indiana, and we were playing. Helped them coach uh, for a month. And we were playing Terre Haute North, our big rival. And it was, you know, we're the underdogs, West Vigo, a little, little smaller school. And uh, we're ahead of them at the end of the game. And we're up by three points. And this was 19, <clears throat> long time ago. This was 1970, probably 1978. Okay, so there was no three-point shot at that time. That's how long ago it was. There was a time when there was no three-point shot? There was, yes. See, that's no how ignorant point. I am. I did, well, and, and so our coach... North had the ball underneath their own basket. There, uh, we're up by three. Our coach calls timeout. There's one second to go. Our coach calls timeout and tells our guys, "Hey, look, look. There's one second to go. We're up by three. They throw the ball in. Don't don't move. Just if they score, they score two points. We're ahead by three. We win. The game's over. Do not foul. Whatever you do, don't foul. So what happens? Of course, <laughs> they throw the ball in. The guy goes up gets hacked three-point play the old-fashioned way we went into overtime and we actually won the game but at that moment I said to myself I can't be a high school basketball coach I cannot you know there was nothing more he could have done you know and I didn't want my paycheck determined on you know 17 and 18 year old kids I don't understand what do you mean there there was nothing more you could have done as in you couldn't have stopped that from happening. <laughs> like they wouldn't listen to you. Yeah, right. right. And you're in business for yourself. And well, I know. Now you've got yeah, all so kinds of people that won't yeah, listen to you. Yeah, now it's a different thing. But I and, and that's how I got. I kind of stumbled into this idea of getting into TV. And and uh, I was at Indiana State, 
Fortunately, I was there when Larry Bird was there. And uh, so, so uh, fun to watch him and, and drink a lot of beer, too, at Indiana State during that Final Four run. But, uh, but got into TV, started working. I, I, believe it or not, did the weekend weather at the NBC station in Terre Haute when I was a student. Nice. Knew nothing about weather, believe me when I tell you. Neither, but I, I did, n- nor yeah. do most weathermen, well, I think, right? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, did, uh, I did anything. I mean, I worked radio, TV. Most of the time for free, sometimes for a few peanuts, you know, to get that experience. Uh-huh. And um, was able to get enough experience when I graduated, went to work in, ter- or in uh, Fort Wayne. Got my first job there as a news reporter and then moved down here in, uh, in Indianapolis in 1983 at uh, Channel 6 and spent 13 years there as a news reporter. So that was, that was kind of what led me to the uh, Inside Indiana business. Well, what led you into Inside Indiana business? I was, uh, you know, like many people do, um, you know, I was like, what, what the heck do I want to do the rest of my life? I'd worked at six for 13 years, enjoyed it. It was great. A lot of great people there, great station. And, uh, and I thought, you know, I like what I'm doing, but I don't know if I want to be doing it for the next 30 years. Uh, so I thought the natural path was to go into cor- corporate communications, you know, a TV yep. guy, you get into communications and actually, and this would, is that what that degree means? Uh, well, a communications. Uh, yeah. Degree? Yeah. I think it does. I think it does. Um, but I get a lot of applicants that have communication degrees. <laughs> yes, I'm like, exactly. what, what is this? What exactly? is it? <laughs> mm. Um, but around 95, I actually had an interview at, um, uh, at Lilly at Eli Lilly and company, which, you know, would have been a great opportunity. And I thought, it looked like I had the job mm-hmm. and I thought to myself in my mind, I'm like, okay, this is a big career change. You know, I'm getting out of TV and into, into corporate communications. Uh, well, some things happened then and it, I didn't get the job and I was, I'm always usually a pretty positive guy and I was, I was really down, man. I was, I was, I said, this is what, what the heck, what am I going to do? You know, I, I, I just, I was crushed and, but it was that, that, kind of defeat if you will or what I thought was a defeat was the best thing that ever happened to me because I just said to myself you know what the hell okay what do you know you know tv you know news you know that that kind of stuff how can you take advantage of that you have contacts in the business community so came up with the idea which wasn't original by any stretch for a business show but I really felt as though if I could (laughs) (laughs) you know if I could get it on the air you know it would work and Fifteen years later, seventeen years later, it's 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 going pretty well. Well, tell me about that hustle. I mean, yeah, you you went straight from you went straight from I I had this idea to it's it, awesome now. Well, yeah, it can't well, have possibly well, no, gone that it, way. It, yeah, it wasn't. And I there were a lot of ups and downs, and you know, a business show in my thought process back then was one of two things. It was either somebody who had money but didn't know TV, like a chamber of commerce guy mm-hmm. who wanted to do it, and he had the money to do it but no TV experience. Or somebody like me who knew TV but didn't have any money, <laughs> you know. So I thought, uh-huh. okay, how do you get the two together to make it work? And one of the unique things we did after I shopped it around and did some things and tried to get you know figure out how to make it work because everything's you know it's a bottom line business more so today than ever. And all the stations, oh yeah, we kind of like the idea, but well, how are we gonna make money on it? And came up somehow with this crazy idea of two stations coming together this was 1998 uh so the public station wfyi and channel six came together and kind of co-produced the show basically to get it on the air so so is that is that unusual it is and it it sounds unusual it is and to this day our our tv show airs on both 
public stations and commercial stations all over the state. Same thing in radio. Uh, commercial stations uh, like WIBC here and also... Um, oh, your, sh- your show airs on radio as well? Yeah, not the I show, not but, but daily radio. Okay. Daily radio uh-huh. reports like kind of Wall Street Journal reports. Yeah. So we're on 25 or 26 radio stations every day. But um, but it was that unique partnership. And then the, the really the thing that really got it going um, was we got a big presenting sponsor. And as I've say many times sometimes a lot easier or better to be lucky than good and uh i went <laughs> down favors the the hard work yeah well yeah. i went to the um kelly or the, what is now the kelly school of business at mm-hmm. iu they had just gotten a check and this this hadn't really happened yet they were just getting it but i went down there and pitched this business idea so you know be a sponsor be a presenting sponsor and um thinking well you know they might take a look at it whatever and pitched it to the dean of the the college he looked at it said i think we'll do it that's awesome and uh about fell out of my chair they had me speak to their one of their classes yeah and which isn't necessarily a good idea it was it was fun though yeah what's your what's your best advice well you don't really need college to be in business (laughs) (laughs) did they frown on that a little bit (laughs) but it's you know it's uh but that that was that was that day and it was in october i remember because i remember walking out of the building and the cool air hit me in the face and i thought oh my god what am i going to do now now i've got to do something <laughs> now, you know, I now i've got to, to produce ex- something execute. yeah um but that that that's actually one of my favorite moments when you're forced to yeah, move to, to yeah. do it and and that got that got the ball rolling and we got the show on the air in may of um <clears throat> 1998 and so at that time it was just a it was channel 6 channel 20 producing it i was in the mix too uh, you know, hosting it, you know, hustling, trying to get sponsors and that kind of thing. Channel six get sponsors, um, and, and sell it. And we all shared, I took a percentage, got a percentage as part of that deal. Well, fast forward about a year later and I began to think, you know, this is really gaining some traction. This is my idea. I did all the work. You need to get some ownership of this thing, yeah. you know? So, um, and again, just, you're supposed to do that on the front side. Yeah, I know. I know. Yeah. <laughs> now, you know. Tr- now I know next time. <laughs> Um, but I approached, uh, Scott Jones, technology entrepreneur, not about, not about, um, investing in the company, but just for a technology segment sponsorship. Mm-hmm. And we had a good conversation. He likes to sh- like the show and, and said, you know, what if you thought about creating something bigger, you know, statewide multimedia more than TV. And that's how the idea came up, uh, for our company, which is Grow Indiana Media Ventures. And then so what, it's say it again? Grow Indiana. Grow Indiana Media Ventures. Media Ventures. Okay. And it's um it's basically a platform, TV, radio, internet, e newsletters, but any way we can get content to people when they want it, where they want it, how they want it. That's the idea. I'm amazed by your newsletter. I don't know how you get so much well, information out daily. Well, it's there's a lot of stuff and especially How many people work on that? Um on that newsletter, we've got two dedicated full-time, really full-time, and then a couple other people that'll, you know, kind of have their hands in it as well. But we send it out twice a day to about, our subscriber base is just over uh, 50,000. Yeah, it's where I get all my local business news. Good. Yeah. I appreciate that. Well, it's, yeah. it's a great product for us. And, um, you know, just one more pieces of that of that platform. But we got the company, Scott, thankfully, he, he said, okay, I'll invest in the company, get it off the ground. And that's how we launched as a company in 2000. So as a standalone business, we've been in business now for 15 years. 
and uh, went through a recession. Actually, we got into business in 2000, which was right at the the beginning of the tech, you know, the tech bubble burst, and uh, it was not a good time to be in business. So that was great to start a business at about that time. Yeah, actually, and it, truthfully, it was because it really made us, you know, focus on the blocking and tackling and things we needed to do. Um, and of course the recession in, in 07, 08 and all that, which was, uh, which was not fun. Those, those are times when as a, as a business owner, you know, obviously you, uh, that's what a lot of people don't see and don't don't know how tough it can well, be. Well, that recession was probably one. I mean, because uh, I, I, I got started in 2007. So uh, it was absolutely the worst possible time right. to right. be that, starting that a thing. venture. That's exactly right. Yeah. Um, it, I mean, housing bubble just broke. Yep. Uh, we couldn't get a second meeting with anyone mm-hmm. as far as getting funding. In hindsight, best thing that ever could have happened because it made us fight a lot harder to find people yep. that believed in the the dream we were, we were the Kool-Aid we were. Yep you know selling you know that's that is that that's interesting and that's and that's part of i think well well you know entrepreneurs and those people who get into business you know say on the one hand it's tough and all that but there's that's part of it too it's part of the fun part of it it's the fun after it's 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 done yeah because it's it it gets the adrenaline flowing and and you're right you're you're scratched and clawing and trying to be creative and 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 you got to keep that that positive outlook, you know, and keep mm-hmm. people inspired about the, the whole idea and that kind of thing. Well, it's, uh, I mean, it's, I mean, I'll get to look back and, or when, when another recession happens, cause right. it's not it if, and yeah. when another mm-hmm. recession happens, it'll be nice to be like, listen, I was born in a recession. Like, this is, <laughs> right. this is yeah. nothing. And all it does yeah. is eliminate competition. If you can, yeah. you know, pull the bootstraps up tight enough that's, 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 and navigate through that, it, you're, that, in, you know, become unstoppable. That's very, that's, that's very true. And it inspires we, tremendous creativity as well. Yeah. Without question. And, and, and for us, we were still, you know, we had, we had obviously had a few years under our belts, but we're still a relatively young company and, 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 and launching some things and doing some things. So when that, when the recession hit and for a small business, the thing that a lot of people don't, don't think about is, you know, you've got a small business, you have bills to pay. We have advertisers who pay us mm-hmm. and those advertisers who pay us were slow and paying, you know, exactly. and it's, it's a vicious circle. And as a small business, it, it becomes, it's, it's a real challenge. You've got, you've got, um, you know, personnel, you got people, you know, payroll, you got all that stuff that you got, you know, that doesn't go away just because times are tough. But, uh, but we were able to, uh, to get through it. We froze wages. I remember for, Maybe two years. That's a um, tough thing to do. It's, it's tough. Yeah, we've we've had. But to we do didn't that as well. we didn't we didn't cut anybody as as many. Boy, a lot of good people were were let go at that at that time. But um, but it does what you know what doesn't kill you makes you. Well, makes I was saying uh, if you wanna if you wanna find out who will follow you through hell, walk through it. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. And it, it it builds a stronger crew if you can all hold it together. You'll yeah. That's when you find your people that are really going to help you succeed. No, I, I don't think there's any question about that. And um, uh, so it was, it was, it was a great experience getting, getting through that, getting on the, you know, the, the good side of the, the tougher times. The economy for us in, in 2015, this year, 2015, believe it or not, will be our best year ever. Nice. Ever. Um, and I don't, I think the economy is, is good. I think in Indiana, I don't think it's great, but I think it's, it's, I would agree with that. It's decent. Um, but we have really begun to, to hit our stride in a number of ways. And it's a, for us, you know, the, the key is trying to find ways to remain. You, content's got to be good, got to be relevant. 
Um, what you guys do a tremendous job of. Well, thank you. You talk about that. I mean, how do you yeah. do that? Is it the team of people that? Yeah. It's, I mean, day in, day out. I can't even imagine trying to stay on yeah. top of that. Yeah, it's it's a combination of things, and I brought into the business years of being a reporter and relationships and, and contacts and those types of things. But but I've always stressed, for, for me personally, but for the whole team, to really reach out and, and make those connections and those those build those relationships. And when you're calling people, don't just call when you're, you need something, you know, you're calling for a story or you want this or you want that. You just kind of say, Hey, what's going on? You mm-hmm. know, and just, just build that relationship. And over time, it doesn't happen overnight. But for example, our, our decision, um, to go statewide from the beginning, I think it was an important one, but wasn't necessarily that easy because here in Indiana, you know, like it or not, most of the activity is here in central Indiana. Yeah. It just is. Uh, now there are some good things going on in Fort Wayne and Evansville and el- elsewhere, but as you look at the aggregate, most stuff's going on here but we were very intentional from the beginning of saying we're going to be statewide and in those early days you know and we'd called a you know fort wayne or well i'd worked in fort wayne so that wasn't wasn't too bad but you know you called a, you know south bend or gary or wherever the case might be they weren't necessarily aware of who we were but we didn't stop calling we didn't stop <laughs> you know urging them to send us their stuff mm-hmm. send us your content hey we want to know what your company's doing we want to know what your chambers doing that kind of thing and over time it has built us a statewide network yeah and you're probably one of the most connected business people in the well, in the state yeah and it's and it's good so it's it's not just me i've got a great staff mm-hmm. i mean they're really good uh committed um uh, group of people and and they do that every day so it just kind of builds on itself i think and we try to you know you know one of the things we do we try to um and everybody says this but you know you want to be honest with people sometimes people have embargoes and we'll get scoops on stuff and others may break those embargoes we've never done that and uh-huh. i think we've built a trust by not doing that so now anytime there's a scoop we'll typically we'll typically get it and it's it's that kind of yeah, you know, kind of relationship with folks. I think that's that's helped us. Yeah, so. that's uh. So we kind of just breezed over it. You 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 wanted to start a business show, yeah. and I didn't get the why behind it. I mean, mm-hmm. you hadn't owned a business. My thought, no, but my thought was because as I, I, I thought through it, okay, at that time, and it's certainly the case now. You you could get you can get national business content a million different places. CNBC, you know, Bloomberg, you can go on down the list a hundred different places you can get national content, but where do you get local content? You know, the local stations have never done it. TV stations have never done a very good job. Now they don't basically don't do it at all. We see what's happened with newspapers. So I thought, and this was in 97, 98, I thought, okay, there's the niche local. If you can create content that people want local, because, you know, we all want local content. We get, you know, just like in sports, you got ESPN, you can, you can get mm-hmm. that 24-7. Where do you get your local local content? And it was the same, kind of the same concept. And that that was the idea that I thought, if I can get it on the air, it, it'll work. Mm-hmm. But it was just getting it on the air. You know, how do we how do we get the production pieces and all that kind of stuff to put together, uh, you know, a good, a good product from the beginning? And... Um, and I guess we were right. So it, it was it was all based on, uh, well, there wasn't somebody that inspired you to go the business direction. I mean, you know, I had done, you didn't want to do like a music video show. <laughs> no, like, no, 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 <laughs> definitely not me and music. But um, you know, it was it was really in large part because 
a lot of the stories I had done at Channel 6 over the years were kind of um, economic development, like Circle Center Mall, and, you know, they covered GM and Chrysler and, and, and uh, Ford and all the auto plants and labor issues. So I covered a lot of that business-related stuff. So kind of it interested me. And, and then when you look at entrepreneurs, who I always really admired, I said, man, how in the world do you do this, you know, uh, you know starting a business? I, I thought there were many interesting stories. As you get around the state, there are stories, again, that aren't told. There are so many cool... Um, Entrepreneur, well, that's the reason this show exists, entrepreneurial stories. Like yeah. when, we, when, when Brad approached me about doing this show, it was more of a... I, what I was hearing him say, mind you, I had had quite a few beers, um, <laughs> was uh, I'd like you to host a show about business. And I'm yeah. like, yeah, of course. Yeah, it sounds fun. Yeah. You know, I'm a ham. I love to be in front of a mic. Right. Why not? And then I, I'm thinking about it over the course of the next week, and I'm like, I don't really know anything about business. Um, maybe we could make the show <laughs> about the business people themselves uh, yeah. and, and, and their story. I think that yeah. might be a little bit better. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. It anyway. is. And there are inter- interesting stories. And as I said, they don't, they don't, uh, typically get told, you know, they're, they and, and, and if there's been one comment, if I could kind of sort through them all that have been made about the show, it's people say, Oh, I didn't know that. I didn't know that was here in Indiana. I didn't know that company was here. That person was here. That product was here. And that's, so that's fun. And, and now as we've grown and, and there's added tremendous some, business in Indiana. Oh yeah. Tremendous yeah. business. And I if mean, you think you of the heritage through park 100 and you're like, what? Right. Yeah. Exactly. And, and now on the tech side, it's real. I'm telling you, it's really interesting to see these companies that are beginning to locate here. Uh, Aperio from you know, Silicon mm-hmm. Valley is putting their headquarters, you know, their, their, their national headquarters here in Indianapolis. Imarsis, we're getting these companies that are putting headquarters operations here. So it's really beginning to get momentum. I, uh, I just I talked about that in, in an interview this morning. It's exciting. Like I, I feel like I moved here on the on the on the front end of it because mm-hmm. when I when I got here, I guess it's almost five years ago now. There seemed to really be really no startup activity right. that I could find anywhere. Limited, very, very limited, very, very limited. Very limited. But there were people who who who've been, not because I'm from Seattle, so you, oh, you can imagine. There you go. It's yeah. hotbed out there. Yeah. And um, but that has changed so much, and it's been. It really started actually about 15 years ago, and, and there were you know the Scott Jones and Scott mm-hmm. Weber and uh, David Becker. I mean, there's so many people. Don um, uh, Don Brown from Interactive Intelligence. So many people who were really engaged in getting behind the tech movement, and it took a while. Indiana's got this great history of entrepreneurs with names like Hillenbrand and Lilly. You know these mm-hmm. old old names that were. Off the charts, yeah. entrepreneurial. But yet as a state, and I've grown up here, lived here my entire life, we haven't been supportive of like risk takers and change. Oh, absolutely. You know not. what I mean? We yeah. just haven't done that. But I think that's, we still have a ways to go, but I think it's changing. Oh, it's, I, it, I'm it, watching it change. It's yeah. fun to be a part of. It's fun to yeah. move here and feel like you're part of the movement. Because, yes. I mean, Grand on Industries is a tried and true yep. garage mm-hmm. startup. I mean, the, where we started had a gravel floor and was half the size of this room, maybe smaller. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that's what it's all about. And I think, because, you know, I think we all understand if we're going to be successful as a state, we got to grow m- more of our own. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. in a big way. Encourage and, failure. And it's right. Yeah. Well, you know, did you go to Fail Fest? I, no, I heard about it after it. And, it's, and com- was- it's coming up December 9th, the second version. And I'm telling you, that event, number one, last year was the first year. They had 300, 325 people there. All, all about failure, That's and it awesome. was it was the entrepreneurs showing up. This is what what failed, what failed, why it failed, and why it helped me to be. I could successful. talk for hours. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. Have so many failures. Yeah, well, yeah. And, and you know, 
that's an example of an event that would never have happened five years ago. Yeah. Nobody failures. failures. What? what? Yeah. Don't, don't belong. What? But it's, we only it's, want successes. Yeah. yeah like yeah. I did the, I, so I, I attended the Forbes, uh, they have Forbes Innovate yes. America yes. thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, here, it was yeah. held here. It was, it was, I was really disappointed that they focused on just the success of everything and nobody talked about getting there and nobody talked right. about what it took to get to where they were. They just talked about where they were and how awesome it was. Yeah. So a little bit disappointing, well, but, but it, yeah, but it, it 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 is changing, and that's that's a great uh, a great thing for Indiana. The yeah. challenge is it's it's getting a lot better for Indianapolis, Central Indiana. Now the challenge is in these rural communities and smaller communities to 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 plug into yeah. that and to get that. It should be easy. Yeah. It'll only take another fifteen years. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So on your on your show, yep, you are very straight laced, very professional. I could never do that. I'm a complete <laughs> maniac at all points right. in time. Luckily, I, lo- I work in a business where I can do that. Yeah. yeah. How how is that? I mean, because I, I've I mean on Twitter, I've I've had a few people say uh, I saw a tweet go, come across. He's like, I saw Gary Dick peeing in the street once. He's one of us. <laughs> and then I'm supposed to ask you about a, a story about you stealing a coat or a jacket oh, at, at a certain oh, point man. in time. That was yeah. No, you you've done your research here. Huh? A little bit. Yeah. I, I got drunk with some guys and I they came up and they're like, you got to ask him about. <laughs> The time he stole the jacket. Well, um, that was a long. That was in college. Yeah, and we had fun in college. I was not, um, not a good student. Um, <laughs> awesome. I was. Yeah, <laughs> I, I was a. I was one of these daydreamers. I was from grade school on, and you know there were fits and starts where where you know I do well. But I was so f- in college. I wanted all I could think about. I want to get out and you know get in you know doing. TV and doing all that kind of stuff once I got on that path. Because TV, Gary Dick, looks like he graduated with honors. Well, <laughs> you're not nice to say that, but if you knew the backstory. But, uh, That's but what yeah, I'm asking. We had fun. We had fun. Yeah. We, 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 uh, and it was um, Indiana State at that time. You know, Larry Bird, the team going to the Final Four, and you can imagine the campus was on fire all the time. And I went to school the great group of guys that we just had a lot of fun we lived about a half block away from Simrels, which was one of the two big campus mm-hmm. bars i don't think it's open anymore probably after i graduated they closed down um but uh but we had a lot because you weren't spending money exactly. there anymore <laughs> yeah i think i financed uh, a you whole expansion there one time but um but we had we we were at a um um dirt car race at the holman action track in Terre Haute, and um ABC's Wide World of Sports was covering the uh, race. Yeah. And Chris Economaki. Was it a sprint race? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Chris Economaki. I'm a huge dirt track fan. Huge. Are you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, they had. And, and part of the deal was uh, ABC, of course, still has the, the relationship with the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. And I think at the time, as part of that contract and things, they, they would contract World, Wide World of Sports to do this Holman. I think it was the Holman 100. It was, it was a big dirt dirt car sprint car race and um i was there with some guys you know we were having a good time uh for for <laughs> as you do yeah, at a dirt track race. exactly yeah. and the the beer cover the cr- yeah, the yeah. The beer. <laughs> exactly yeah. and the um chris economaki god rest his soul who passed away long time motorsports uh uh broadcaster uh his abc wide wheeler sports jacket was hanging on a hook right by um, where he was and where we were. And so, you know, of course my buddies look at me, I look at them. Yeah. And 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, you know what happened. So I grabbed it. Yeah. And took off. Oh, my gosh. And it was, uh, and not only that, so I put this jacket on and was wearing it around. T- I mean, it was, yeah, it was not, well, we had, we had fun. Uh, and I explained my way out of it. I got the jacket back to them and it, it all worked out. Oh, you gave it back. You gave it back. Yeah, so honorable. Keep it. I know. Just one of the fun. Here, fun it's got some beer stains <laughs> on it. <laughs> yeah. So that was that was in the late. It'd be the late seventies. Yeah, seventy eight, seventy nine back then. So nice. Yeah. How is that? So I mean, you gotta you, you kind of gotta watch your ass now. Yeah. I mean, you gotta be careful yeah. of your your public image yep. versus your private image. Yep. I give no fucks. <laughs> I, I just I go roll through life like a complete maniac, and I like that to be my professional persona yep. as well. So, well, it yeah, it can be challenging, especially with this craft beer movement, which uh-huh. is which is uh, great. So for years, you know, drank Coors Light, Miller Light, you know, all that kind of stuff. But now the the, the craft beer, and we do a lot of stories uh-huh. on it, so we have a lot of opportunity to drink beer, so and have fun. Um, but yeah, keep Tell keep an that. eye out on things. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and the challenge is, you think back to college, and I know many people have said this many times. Thank God we didn't have, you know cell phones and cameras and video back then because that jacket story would be <laughs> you know everywhere but uh those yeah that that would have been interesting stuff <laughs> yeah can you imagine i mean who's going to run for president in in i could people i've 40 told years. people yeah ne- never, nobody never happened. is ever no. going to be able to run for president no. there's going to be a i mean i i couldn't i yeah. mean I, I i would be it'd be it'd take <laughs> donald trump and magnify that by like a hundred times <laughs> It'd be so bad. Yeah. There yeah. were fun times, though. Yeah. You know, the, the fun times. And like I said, we Indiana State, for me, was a, just an outstanding place. They had a good radio TV department, but then they had uh, TV stations there in the market. Channel 2 is the NBC station, Channel 10, the CBS. And you could work there, you know, and for virtually nothing and get the experience and then and then move on. So it was fun. That's like the most important thing. I encourage everyone yeah. to do that. I remember the first time I, I came home. And my dad's one of those guys that you, you, you gotta, you gotta be paid for your work. Mm. And I came home and I'm like, I got an internship dad. And he's like, what the fuck <laughs> are you doing? Like he was really mad at me yeah. for working for free. It was absolutely really? insane. Yeah. And I, uh, I'm like the skills I'm going to get from this internship are going to, you know, right. launch me into my future. He's like, right. you need to be paid for your time. Uh-huh. I'm like, they're not going to pay me and this is really what I right. want to do. So I'm sorry, I'm going to yeah. do it. And, and that's, which that's, is weird because he made me do shit for free all the time. <laughs> Of course, of course. But that's, and that's so important, the real world experience. It always has been, and I think nowadays especially. Um, and, and like I said, I'm, I'm, people outsmart me, but they're not going to outwork me. You know, that's what I've always said. Yeah. I'm going to, I'll outwork anybody, you know, and that's just the way I've always, I've always been. And it helps, it helps out when you have that, that mentality. Let's say the heck with it, you know, I, uh, let's, Let's go and 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 don't stop till we get her done. You so. got an out. You got an outwork me story. Yeah, like one where you've had to put in the thirty-six oh, hour man. day or yeah. the forty-eight hour day. Well, I've done more than a few of those, but I'm trying to think. Um, I'll keep asking. I'll, I'll try to think of something here while we're talking. But I, I, I um, in terms of a specific story, can't think of a good one. What's the worst interview you've encountered? And you worst. can change names to to save face, but. I got to imagine that you've had a, a handful of ones that you're just yeah. on the other side of it going, what? Yeah. What am I supposed to do now? <laughs> there are well, a couple things. One, the surprising thing, and I've done, I don't know, our show, I think we're up to 
950. So we've done a lot of shows. And that's six, seven, eight interviews a show. So mm-hmm. that's a lot of interviews. It is amazing to me that out of all those interviews, there are very few that are bad. I mean, when, when I say bad, you know, some are better than others, but like a real No, I bombs. mean bad. Yeah, I know. Not like somebody just won't talk or won't yeah. c- carry on in the conversation. Well, we tape our show. It's live to tape. You know, so if something really bad happens, you know, we can stop and start over. But obviously we don't like to do that. I was interviewing, this is a number of years ago, uh, a a lady uh, in the uh, um, banking community. And so she starts out and we we get going and she loses her train of thought. And usually I can tell if somebody's... You see the lost look in in the look. So I'll jump in and, and, Mm -hmm. you know... But I didn't that particular time. So, okay, I said, that's okay. We'll start over. So we got going again. And she has all this stuff down. She's told me what she's going to talk about. Mm-hmm. And she knows what she's talking about. I like the about. way you do that, by the way, the way you get the full story. And, yeah. I mean, you're, and your well, execution of the, the secondary portion was outstanding. Well, thank you. Yeah. Well, so anyway, she starts yeah. again. And getting to, she's got these these points. It's a it's a decent story, and she fumbles around, and then she before I can even jump in, she says, "Oh, we got to stop. We got to stop. I got to start again." <laughs> so this happened. So that's the second time. It happened a third time. Then the fourth time, we get all the way to the end of the interview, and you know, people in the the um, in the uh, booth. booth are absolutely smoke coming out of their, <laughs> you know, and I can hear them in my ear, yeah. you know. We get all the way to the end, and it's like, okay, this thing's going to be about over. And she's she's there on the set, and she kind of looks over and can see herself in the monitor, and she says, oh, I've got to run in my hose. <laughs> Let's do this again. And I'm telling you, you could, you could hear noises from throughout the uh you know control room but that was that was certainly one of them yeah yeah yes yes for quite no 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 doubt so that was that was certainly one of them um but really in terms of really uh in hindsight it's great yeah 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 right it's fun fun story to tell um but it's amazing because you know in these business shows a lot of these people typically aren't on tv it's amazing how not that many times you know people uh, do stuff that screws it up. Yeah, that's <laughs> which is good. I, I will tell you on the flip because people always say, "What's your favorite interview? What's your Who's best interview? Best, yeah. I mean, besides the one with me. Besides that, I was going to say yeah. number two. That one was would be just champion the, the, stuff the, there. The, the one, the one interview, and it wasn't the interview, but I will always remember Steve Hilbert, who's you know Conseco and uh, and all that, a pretty high profile guy. When he was in, in the in the heyday, we got an interview with him, which was kind of a coup. And the thing I remember about it, it wasn't the interview, but I will always remember. So, you know, sometimes people come in with, you know, they got their posse with them or they got people and, you know, this kind of thing. So everybody's wondering, Steve Hilbert, man, he's the big, you know, high roller. How's he going to show up? So he comes in, he's by, nobody's with him. He's by himself. And the thing I will always remember, it wasn't the interview, but when he walked into the studio, the first, I was in there, and the first people he went over to were the uh, camera people and the floor people. Introduced himself right away. And he made an impression on those guys like no one else because awesome. he was like, this is a guy, well the big done. high roller. He said that's, and he thanked them. And it, and, it, and that, that really, you know, I, I try to be that way too, but it made an impression on me that he, you know, he, he would do that. And I will tell you, he had big fans in the, in that studio when he left because he paid attention to, to everybody there. So that's awesome. Yeah. Very upstanding. Yeah. I try to do the same. I don't think I'm very good at it. <laughs> well, you know, 
<laughs> you work through it. You work through it. Yeah. yeah. I've yeah, read How to Win it. Friends and Influence People like five times. And then I'm like, I know in my head that I should be doing something different yeah. than what I'm doing. Yep. But I just keep <laughs> keep rolling on yeah. the, the way I've been rolling on. But it's, you know, it, it is. It, it's amazing that uh, the people are genuinely speaking. And the other thing I've, I've noticed in doing, especially big, you know, kind of famous. Yeah, who's people. the highest profile person? Carrie, you well, can save that one. Yeah, but but you know it's 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 that by and large, not always. By and large, the the uh, the, the 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 higher profile people are typically a lot of times some of the nicer people. You know what I mean? Some not always. That says a lot, right? But it does. That's how but they you got think there, about right? that. It's how they yeah. got there, and and you you have this vision of people who are you know at this very high level in the corporate boardroom uh, as being uh, as being that way, uh, not being that way, but they are. Yeah, a lot of times. You, well, you think of them as being like, well, it's a lot of people have been taught that the only way to get to the top is to be a, an right. aggressive asshole. To be an a-hole, yeah, right. And that's not even remotely true at well, all. There's a, 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 a gal we had on the show last week. Now, a lot of people here wouldn't know her name, and I didn't know know her name, but uh, Sally Krawcheck is her name. She was, you know, a woman, was the head <laughs> of Smith Barney, I'm sorry, Merrill Lynch and Citigroup, you know, Wall Street, I mean, Damn, she was the mo- she was billed as the most powerful woman on Wall Street at one time, and she came in. She was in for this conference, and she came on the show. And nicest lady, very engaging, and uh, was really cool. You hear that, everybody? Be nice. Be nice. Yeah. Work hard and be nice. Yeah, right? work hard That's, and be nice. Yeah. It, it'll take you a long way. Yeah. So highest profile business guest. Oh, highest profile uh, here in Indiana. You know, routinely, you know, we get you know one of the early. Um, breaks i guess it was show number two uh sydney terrell uh randy tobias was the ceo of lily and then sydney terrell was his successor so out of nowhere uh uh, tobias announced he was retiring and terrell was going to take over so and the second show back in 1998 they both agreed to come on at the same time which was kind of a, a coup they delayed a excuse me a flight out to uh to new york and came on that second show I did. Now I have no idea who these people yeah, are. Yeah, I know. But the people people here would know. I mean, they're both CEOs. Tobias was CEO of Lilly for a number of years, former high-ranking AT&T Indiana Bell guy. And then Tobias came, or um, Terrell came in after him. So two really high-profile guys. Um, Didn't you have Mr. Forbes on the show? We did. That's a good, good yeah. catch, Steve. For, again, another example of a guy now that oh guy, you know, he's running for president. Guy. He's a hell of a guy. He talked to me for half an hour at that thing. He came over to Did the he? Bottoms Up Beer Dispenser. Very cool. He probably was curious about yeah. the product. Yeah, he's yeah. Like, it's like magic. I'm like, I know. That's it yeah. is like magic. And but we just talked for 30 he, minutes about nothing. I sent him a note. He sent me a, a a a Forbes tie and a little book. I mean, just a phenomenal guy. And I I, I just I like to watch how guys like that or or women like that how they um, interact with people, you know yeah. what I mean? And, and to hear their stories and, and you can tell Forbes was one of them. He's genuinely interested because he, I knew he'd be interested in your, your product. Cause he asked me about the show. Cause he had heard, well, they have uh, this business and they do this. And he was very interested in how it started and how it works, mm-hmm. uh, which I thought was, was pretty cool. That is, that's awesome. So, and again, what, what'd you go to college for? 10 years. Oh no. For 10. Um, I, did you really go? To no, college? no, I wasn't that long. Uh, 
let's see. I, I say again, I, I don't. I don't think I ever asked. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I, I did. I majored in radio, that's, TV, that's not film. my third IPA. I swear. <laughs> <laughs> uh, radio, TV, film, and but initially, I wanted. I was going to be. I thought I wanted to be a basketball coach, but but yes. diverted, and got into the like I said, the radio, TV, film thing, and and um, I just that was once I got it, I kind of caught the bug. It was the the blizzard of. I guess it was the blizzard of 78 and I'm doing an internship at the ABC station in Terre Haute, which was the third rank station. I mean, they were, they were down on the totem pole. So I'm there. <clears throat> Some people had gone home and this storm, I mean, it's, it's record, you know, legendary storm. I can't remember what it was, two feet of snow or whatever. It was just unbelievable. So I'm at the station and they put me, I'm in college. I, I don't, I mean, just some dork in college and they put me on the, they put me on the air late at night and because, and so many people were at home watching because they were stuck and stranded. And, and so many people like the next day or days later, Oh yeah, I saw you on TV. And I thought that was kind of, you know, probably my ego, you know, was like, Hey, that's pretty cool. Ego so, or confidence. The confidence. I just had yeah, that conversation better. with somebody. There's yeah, a difference there between is. arrogance and confidence. Um, but, but I, I, um, that's what got got the bug, and once once that happened, and I was fortunate to have a couple of good professors and some professors who were, um, what I, I won't say lenient, but but you know they kind of understood me. They where, under, you yeah, know they kind of gave fortunate me a few to have bre- teachers yeah. like that in my life that were like, ah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> kinda, yeah. I see something in this kid. That's I'm right. Not sure He's going to remember what it is. But I, yeah, <laughs> so fortunately, because and and you know you all need that. I have a couple of guys. Uh, at uh, WPFR, I don't even know if the station exists anymore, but it was a rock station that I did morning news on. And two guys, um, one of them was the general manager of the station. They were the Breakfast Flakes. That was their their morning show. And I was part of oh, that. Oh, it's a serial joke. I get it. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and, uh, but, but they were so supportive of me and helped me to get a job and, and gave me confidence, you know, because, you know, and that, especially in this business, you know, early on, you know, you're like, oh, geez, I don't know. I don't know if I can do that. I don't know. You, you know, confidence is a big, big part of it. It's and they gave me confidence. Yeah. yeah. It's a huge part of it. That's a, that's another thing working for free will give you is confidence to yeah. accomplish things. And yeah. And also having to do things yep. will give you the confidence. I don't know yeah, well, right and, 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 and you know, the other thing, and I, I've always said, I'm, I'm never going to, and I will never be that guy, you know, that get off your lawn, get off my lawn kid guy, you know, yeah. when we were kids. But I think some of that, that working for, for, for nothing, working for free, doing whatever it takes, <clears throat> some of that, not, not all the time, because we get some good, good young, young kids, but some of it's lost, I think these days you know what i mean well, it's and again I, that, I don't I, I think that's some nostalgia rolling yeah. in you know what i mean because I, I mean when i was a kid my i i got i got i lost my job mm-hmm. because of a divorce and uh the the company that owned or the the couple that owned this company got a, a divorce it was nasty they shut mm-hmm. the doors of the company and now i'm on out of my ear and i called up the company that i'd been moonlighting for and i said hey farron i you know i need a job i'd yeah. love to come work for you and he's like, well, you know, I, you know, what are you going to do? And I'm like, fair and I'll stand on my head in the corner if mm-hmm. that's what you would yeah, like yeah. me to do. Right. I just, right. I want to come work for you. Yeah. I, I, I think it exists certainly. And I've, I've seen it, but, but a lot of, of, I don't think, think to the extent that it once did. And maybe I'm just being an old fogey, you know, old guy, <laughs> you know, but, uh, because I was always, and I had friends who I think were pretty much that way too. Hey, just give me a shot at doing whatever. I'll get in there 
and get to where I want to go. I won't you know? disagree with you. Finding employees that are that are willing to work is, mm-hmm. I mean, people say the unemployment rate is down. Yeah, it's down. Do you know how hard it is as an employer to find, to find. employees right. that are willing and, to and work? We, we hear it all the time. It's uh, from, miserable. From, from, from the CEO level to the HR level. And again, that's not to paint uh, this broad brush out there because there are some great, great creative hardworking young people but one of the biggest issues is um on these soft skills that we hear people talk about showing up for work on time you know getting the job done communicating it's a challenge it is a challenge and the uh you know i don't know where where do you think where do you think we're failing then well i and, and you know far be it for me but i think it's a combination i think one i think I love technology, believe me. I love social media. I love it all. I think it's great. I think it's positive uh, for the most part. But I think, you know, kids grow up doing this. In their you phone. Know, we're not, that we're, looks like me at work. Yeah, and we're right next to each other, you know, texting each other. And I think that, you know, from the ability to communicate. Uh, like That's a, not bad when you're trying to flirt with a girl in a group, though. Good, yeah. it's, it works. It does have it. It's, yeah. it have its it has its but, but the the um, but you know, in terms of writing, you know, I hear these HR people at companies saying, "We we get smart kids who come to us who can't write a simple memo, you know, or can't write a uh, communicate, you know, in a business." Write LOL in the memo. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> And they said, Smiley face. you know, yeah, they said, you know, it's a, it's a real problem. And I think, so I think technology for all of the good things that it brings and it does, I think maybe that's some of that's, uh, and I think we, you know, again, not to be, you know, that guy, but I think we, we tend to get, um, a little soft as a nation, you know, and everything's, you know, everybody's got to be a winner. Everybody's got to get a trophy. The lack of winners in this country it, right it, now it, it's, is, it's, it's, it really, it hurts the, my the heart. The Nissan, have you, thanks, I'm going to be so mad if when I have kids, he brings home a trophy for not having won. <laughs> Participation. I'm going to be like, I'm going to take that yeah. trophy and I'm going to throw it in the garbage. <laughs> have you and seen, you're going to go mow the lawn. Yeah, have you seen, I think it's <laughs> Nissan has a commercial it's great uh-huh. the guy the dad and his son are coming to the walking to the car and the dad's the one of the coaches and he's got this trophy and he's like uh now wait a minute this says participation we won we're the champions no i don't and he takes his marker out and he crosses it out and says champ you know and gives it to his son and i thought it was great and nowadays you know people don't talk about that oh well you can't i tell you anybody who's coached youth sports knows that if you don't think kids keep score, they do. <laughs> you know, yeah. they know who win, who, who who wins a game and who doesn't. And I think if we get back to a little bit, a little bit more of that, we're taking it all the way to paddles back in the classroom here. <laughs> well, maybe. Yeah, I, yeah. I think it's not a bad idea. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I have yeah. some friends that are school teachers uh, back in Washington, and well, one of them actually just quit because he was so sick yeah. of the the bureaucracy and the right. the way the kids are acting up in class. And he worked in a really bad district in Tacoma, which is mm-hmm. a really bad area. I mean, yeah. they filmed cops in the area mm-hmm. that he worked and right. all kinds of stuff. And um, just the, the the parents coming in upset because he's not parenting their children well enough. And he's like, well, you know, yeah. you got to do some, some of it yeah. when they get home yeah. too. Yeah, t- teachers, I'm telling you, have uh, they got it's the always been a, they have the toughest job, and it's be, and in large part, I think, because of that, is people sometimes, many times, they are expected to be the parents, unfortunately, Which and, is they, and it's it's just a difficult, difficult job, and one of the great challenges because education. You look at the challenges in Indiana; it's 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 workforce education; those are two big big keys. I think we're making progress in that, but it, but it's education and 
is a big issue. Yeah, the uh, the standardized testing. Um, I was very fortunate in that they were trying it out on my class because I wouldn't have passed any of it partially mm-hmm. because I think I was hungover and I just made designs with the dots. So I went down the thing and I fucking, <laughs> yeah, I filled kinda... in the dots to make a cool design and I handed it yeah. in. I'm like, yeah. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my counselor, my high school counselor, uh, had, had to call my dad over my scores and, uh, she's, you know, she's like, yeah. this kid's got potential, but I mean, really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hello? My dad's like, it's kind of creative. I mean, <laughs> don't you think? So, I mean, I took um, w- one thing I will give my uh, my school uh, credit for, and I think I, I think there needs to be a lot more of it. I don't hear a lot about of it outside of what I mm-hmm. my own experience is. We did a thing called School to Career. We have uh, we had a program, an uh, amazingly progressive program mm-hmm. for where I grew up. In hindsight, I didn't realize it at the time, but they would put you in a uh, they'd put you in a job, a, a skilled trade as an apprentice, yep. and that's where yep. I got my first apprenticeship, yep. and it counted towards. High school mm-hmm. credits because college is not for everyone. Yep. Um, you know, I I dropped out of community college mm-hmm. and uh, it, it was fantastic. I mean, that's I got I, I was way advanced mm-hmm. in the yep. in the job world or in the um, the business world right out of the gate. I mean, I started in my was it my sophomore year in high school, and I mean, I was making fifteen dollars an hour as a senior in high school. Talk about dangerous! Wow. Yeah, a senior in high right. school making, making fifteen dollars yeah. an hour in two thousand. That's insane. Yeah. So. Well, and, and I think Indiana is slowly but surely coming around to that realization, and it is important. The academia one, is not for Not, not everyone. for everyone. Yeah. And, and, and now you have the community college system here and you know, Ivy Tech, and you got Vincennes, you got any number of, of institutions that are there, and now getting into the high schools, and kids are graduating high school with associate's degrees, you know, and yeah. where they can get Which into is the fantastic. workforce. It's, it's awesome. And they can get... A, a job that pays a good wage, benefits, and those types of things, as opposed to the flip side before, you know, if you didn't go to IU, Purdue, Ball State, Indiana State, you didn't go. Well, you got to go to a four-year college. Well, well, that's, that's it's just I not mean, it, it is and it, but it's always been the mindset here and those are great institutions believe me we are so fortunate we've got the state schools we have don't like forget purdue. purdue yeah yeah uh, wife went to purdue i've been super impressed with every applicant and every person that i've encountered from purdue yeah well it's it's uh it's we're fortunate i mean indiana has incredible schools in mm-hmm. this state four-year institutions but and so that's great and I think we get, I think we're second in the country in terms of numbers of people coming from other states here to go to college. The challenge is then they leave and go, you know, go back. But we've got this co- uh, community college system now. We have these, these um, schools that are set up to help people to get that associate's degree, that two-year degree, or that stackable kind of, kind of thing, and to really advance their careers and, and, and get a career as opposed to, you know, not having one. Yeah, it's uh, the, uh, I've... I've heard nothing but great things about schools in Indiana. Yeah, there, and there's plenty of them. Like, uh, what is it the the University of Phoenix? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like what they're yeah. just they're just bringing them in like cattle. Here's your piece of paper. Here's your piece of yeah. paper. Here's your piece and of then, paper. But then I will tell you, here's one for you that is a really a solid college. It's called WGU. WGU Indiana. It's the Western Governors University, but Indiana has its own um, affiliate, if you will, uh, of that university, and is real. It's an online 
University. So it's all online. So it's for professionals and people who maybe they they went to college, they didn't finish college, they did other things, and now they want to get their degree. Mm-hmm. It's doing phenomenal things, uh, you know, in areas like nursing and and that kind of thing. So there's a lot of stuff like that going on now, which is good. So I have a I'm I'm a big dreamer, obviously, as an entrepreneur, and uh, I you know can like to consider myself a delusionary. Mm-hmm. Um, and I uh, I have this idea for a program. Um, it would be like so. Grin on mm-hmm. is the name of my company. Grin on University, where you 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 take really the top out of mm-hmm. out of the high school. You bring them right into your company, and we have. I mean, I have I have enough divisions in my company that I could get you. I mean, you want to be in finance. Mm-hmm. I have I have that department. You want to yeah. be in manufacturing. I have that department. Mm-hmm. You want to work in development of a new product. I have that department. Yeah. You want to work in international business. I have that department. So we bring in fresh meat to yeah, say yeah and you uh you pay them mm-hmm. and you give them a degree in in business mm-hmm. and you run them through your company and then and then when you're done with all of it you have uh you've molded them to your culture yeah and now you have a prime pool to pull new talent from yeah. to grow your business so turning a business into a university i like that yeah, so that's my grand vision, and it's something I want to do within gonna, the next. Are you going to seriously going to do that? Yeah, because I, I, I think it's I think it's uh, makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I have to get the company to a certain size, but I'm I'm right. dead serious about doing it. Mm-hmm. it and it would be a, it'd be a blast. It'd be so much fun. I mean, you could <laughs> you want a kid that wants to be wants a, a degree in engineering. Well, yeah. you, you put him on your assembly line. You start yeah. there. He's got to mm-hmm. put dispensers together. Mm-hmm. He's got to you know build things. You put him mm-hmm. on the cut manufacturing line. He's got to watch that equipment work. Mm-hmm. He has to stand there and sweat, right. you know, doing right. something. And right. then at night he gets a certain curriculum in yeah. engineering. And then you move him into the R and D department. Yeah, you know, and now he's working on the or you put him in the maintenance department and he's you know working on machines. So you've given, and actually you've working put on some thought into this. I put so tons. I can tell. Of thought yeah, into it. it's it's uh, because we have such a hard time hiring qualified people. Right. Um, well, it's that kind of, again, education is not a, a very, in my opinion, entrepreneurial space, but it's that kind of entrepreneurial thinking in education that I think is is kind of the future. You know, you're looking at school systems, you're looking at places like Honda and, and you know, Hill and Brand out in Batesville, you know, these manufacturers that are having a challenge um, finding workers and a lot of them, their workforce is getting older. So I say, who, how am I going? Who am I going to replace yeah. these what are we people? Gonna, how with? on earth? So what they're doing is uh, a really cool deal out in Greensburg, where Honda is. The school system out there, you know, it's a small district, but they they found, gosh, I can't remember how much, couple million dollars, and they built a training center out there, a, a, a big building. And essentially, what it is is students will in this program will spend so many hours each week in their in the classroom so many hours in that training center and then so many hours at it's a partnership with honda so then they'll be on the factory floor that's outstanding it's very similar same idea and uh and then they get these kids who come out i know uh, one of them uh just recently uh, uh graduated from high school got a job at honda and they're paying for his um uh community ivy tech uh tuition that's awesome. So how about that path, you know, and, and it solves everybody's problem. The kid's getting a career, Honda's getting an employee. Well, and there's so many, I mean, and another another side of it is the, the student loan debt it's, in this country it's, is it's, insane. I have an employee, great employee. He's got $75,000 in student debt. Oh. And the poor guy, I mean, I love him and he's a yeah. great employee for what he's doing, but he is never going to hold a position Right. That would be worth that kind of student debt. And it's a, it's a, it's a, I mean, it just, 
what he has a degree in, he would never be able to be employed to mm-hmm. do that. It's just not his to make that skill money. set. And that's yeah, and 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 that that's a conversation. Well, Mitch Daniels at Purdue, he, you know, he's the president of Purdue University. Yet he he says, you know, that is a serious question: is higher education worth it? Is yeah, is I is love, the expense <laughs> is the cost huge fan of Mitch? Yeah, is. well, and 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 so they and other colleges have really taken a, a, a look at it. But again, like like you say, you come out of college with you know tens of thousands of dollars in debt, and some people with degrees that you're never going to get in a position to to make enough money to pay it back. And now you're talking about some of the things like you're talking about, like I mentioned with Honda and some of these other things. Boy, that makes a heck of a lot of sense when you look at it. Makes at, all the sense in the world. The cost I mean, and then getting in. And, well, it's and, a school to career program. Yeah, is what it is. And yeah. So I, I like to I like to tout that I'm a college dropout because it sounds cool. <laughs> but I mean, it, it it was a little bit more than that. The uh, I, so I was I was moonlighting. I, so I worked for a sign. I've always been a workaholic. I worked mm-hmm. for a sign shop during the day. Mm-hmm. I would moonlight at another sign shop at night, and I would go to school. Okay. And. I was falling asleep on my books, and I was at I was moonlighting uh, that particular evening for this other sign company. We were standing around having beers. I think I was nineteen. Shh, don't tell anyone. Okay. <laughs> and uh, my employer, uh, Farron, who's a very good friend now, uh, he he facetiously said, "You know, what are you going to school for?" And I said, "Well, I want to be an industrial engineer." And uh, he said, "Okay, okay, good. What what do you want to do when you grow up? Like, what do you want to do when you're done?" And I said, "Well, I'd like to work in the." I'd work. I'd like to work in this the sign business. Right. And he said, "Well, um, aren't you doing what you're going to school to do mm-hmm. right now? You mm-hmm. could you could probably take your portfolio into any right. sign shop in the country mm-hmm. and get a job." And I'm like, "Okay." So about two weeks goes by. We roll into the next semester in school, and uh, I had taken a business class. I walk a business management class. I walk into the business management class first day of business management class, and the professor says something like. It was something ridiculous, like 85 or 90% of business management skill is learned on the job. And I'm in my head, mm. I go, what in yeah. the fuck? <laughs> I have yeah. this book. I, I I didn't go back to school. Yeah. I, I left that day and never uh-huh. went back. I'm like, yeah. I'm managing at a sign company. I'm, I'm, I'm done. Yeah. I'm going to focus on my career. I'm going to uh-huh. focus on building my portfolio. And never yeah. again am I going back to college. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah. It was uh, it was fun. Well, there's a lot, and again, I think there's you're seeing a lot more of that now uh, in, in places like Indiana. Other places have real robust community college system, but here, here it's now growing, and that kind of that idea is 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 catching on. But it's well, um, I like this direction idea, giving mm-hmm. people a direction, right? Not just turning them loose with a piece right. of paper that says right. they. And 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 you can go down into the you know, frankly, I think into the high schools, and we're for so many years. Um, you know, you get out of high school and you don't really, not that you have to know what you're exactly what you're going to do, but you have no direction and you go, yeah. you know, a lot of you got no rudder young people go, go, go to a four year college. Well, maybe they have no business doing that. Maybe they should be at the community college. Maybe, maybe they should be in some other program or whatever the c- case might be. And I think there's beginning to be more of a focus on that. And then when you get to college, you know, broadcasting is a good example. I think for the longest time, Schools were turning out so many people that realistically who thought maybe they were going to be on TV or something weren't going to be on TV, you know, but they they kept going through and somebody didn't direct. And they didn't have somebody nice enough to say, listen, you don't look good on camera or whatever. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, you know, and there are other jobs, you know, but but there's no there was no direction. And I I think now maybe educators, maybe there's with this cost issue and things are beginning to focus more on you know, the, the, the product and what they're ultimately going to do with it. So, and I think that's positive. Yeah. yeah. So best, best story 
I have from, like a hundred like coming up business stories from yeah. being passed out in the hallway in Houston, Texas to, uh, well, I guess they mostly involve me being passed out strange places, but, um, <laughs> what's what you give me a good one. You got to have a good one. Oh, better than the jacket story. Yeah. Um, on, on this side of your life from yeah. when you had started inside Indiana business, okay, you're, well, you're I out think, at a trade uh, show here, and you know, here's, here's, <laughs> here's one. Um, that's actually before that. Okay. And this, again, this is back in my Terre Haute days. Yeah. And this really did happen. So I'm at, at this radio station and I'm doing, I do uh, cut-ins on this um, the morning show. I'm working on a Saturday morning. And the deal was I did like three hours, twice an hour, live cut-ins. And then the last hour, I would, you know, had carts back uh-huh. then, you know, put the reports on cart right before my last live one, I'd put them on cart and then I'd go in, I'd do my live report and I'd give the, give the carts to the, the DJ there and I'd leave and he'd, he'd play them, you know, in the next hour, like they were live, but they were obviously on tape. So I had this system I did, you know, would tape the, the cart stuff right before I go home for my last live one. So it's Saturday morning and I'm, oh, I'm tired. I'm, I'm you know, <laughs> tired. Rubbing, yeah. Tired. 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 <laughs> um, and, uh, so I, I had done one and I was doing the other one. I kept screwing up. So you'd take it out and do the bulk eraser thing and put it back <laughs> in. And so I'm looking, I said, Oh man, I gotta, I gotta get this last one. I gotta hit it because I don't want to have to come back after my live one and do it. I got to make this one right. So I got all the way to the end of my report and screwed up. And I said, F and G D son of a bitch, you know, right on the tape. And then I no, looked at the clock, didn't. looked at the clock. And I said, Oh my God. And I grabbed oh, no, the carts because I said, I got to get in, you know, uh, to do my live one. So, and just creature of habit. So I do, you know, do, do my live one. And I say, Hey doc, thanks. Thanks buddy. Here, here you go. Gave him the carts. Son of a bitch. Oh yeah. The, all three, all three, those three, uh, words. So I'm driving home. And back then, you know, this is 1970. They didn't have a dump button. Well, you know, I know. And there were no cell phones, you know, back then either. So I'm in the car and I'm driving home and I said, I'll turn over this in my report. And then, this warm feeling came over my body, you know, and I yeah, said, I Oh my God. Oh, 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 you know, <laughs> and I start breathing hard and, and I'm thinking, did I, did I erase that and recut it? And I, I said, uh, you know, so I said, I turned it off. I said, I can't listen. Then I said, Oh no, I got to listen. I turned it back. I got all the way to the end. And I'm starting to feel really good. Nope. Boom. Right out over the air. Yeah. And I'm telling you, I pulled my car off the road and I bit the steering wheel. I just, I could, and I felt like I was the only person on the face of the that earth. That is awesome. And I'm, yeah. And so I got home. I, I, I called up, and this, this guy, God love him, Doc Long, nice, nicest guy. I think he's still in radio in Terre Haute. He, uh, I finally got through because the lines were busy. busy and, uh, I wonder why they were busy. Yeah. He said, you son of a... And I, that was the long, it could be the longest weekend of my life because I thought, for sure, this you didn't is have over. a job when you got I'm back. not going to have a job. My career, it's it's over before it even gets started. And this guy, the general manager, Mel Browning, sweetheart of a guy, he's coming up the stairs. I'm in there at 5 in the morning on Monday. You know, I'm typing. You know, I'm busy. I'm working. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm right. Busy. And I, I'm working. And I hear the door. I know it's him. And I hear the door open, you know. And I, I'm looking down, and I, I just kind of looked up. And back then, everybody smoked in the building. You know, he's got a cigarette and with a big ash in it like that. He just looked at me and shook his head. And he, to his credit, he gave me a reprimand. But he's, you know, 
teachable moment. You know, he said, you know, you can't do this, blah, 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 blah. And, and the thing was they got, I can't remember the number of calls they got. Like, I don't know, 500, some crazy number. And every call except two were people going, did he really say that? <laughs> you know, they were laughing. They weren't complaining. So I guess it all worked out. That's awesome. Yeah, prob- probably was. Probably was. I had a buddy of mine. He and his mom were in a local department store, and, and he said, <laughs> no "He said, and they're playing it, you know, in the the speakers." He says, "I'm standing there, and I think some guy is cussing around the corner, and I'm looking around." He said, "It was you on the air." <laughs> so. That's but I survived. Yeah. Well, that's when you know you've got uh, you got something. If they weren't going to fire over yeah. that, that's... well, he's and again, there's an example. I love of, those of, teachable uh, moments. You yeah. wouldn't believe what it would do. Well, you would believe it, yeah. Because um, I, I I encourage everyone to bring their mistakes, and, and yeah. when somebody brings a mistake and you help them work through it, yeah, it builds a relationship. You, that's you boy, unbreakable. You, you, it's 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 a learning moment. You know, people, especially if you're teachers or that coaches, those people who've never been in trouble. I, I'm kind of wary about them because they've never had to deal with it and they've never had to face you know what what it means to kind of work through those things yeah hardship is uh one of the biggest character builders there there could ever be yeah absolutely yeah Yeah. so what's next uh well i tell you next year um you know we're looking we want to best year ever coming off best Best year year ever. ever 2015 2016 is already shaping up to be a great year what we'd like to do and this is a little longer term we say longer term two to three years but look at ways to crying (laughs) it was i can laugh about it now but believe me that that oh my god um the uh we're looking to, you know, how can we take pieces of what we do and syndicate it outside of the state? And the going to cha- go national. The cha- yeah. So the challenge is it's all local. You know, it's got to be local content. So you have to have somebody on the ground in Columbus, Ohio, or St. Louis, or wherever the case might be. So from a business standpoint, you got to work through that. But there, there's opportunity, and we'd like to... So now, I mean, you you started the whole show for the the, the reason of being the you know the local mm-hmm. insight. Yep. So when you when you go outside of it, is there going to be a different host, and is it going to be yes, inside? Would be. Yeah, yeah, inside it, Columbus. It, yep, it would it business. would it would to make okay. it work. It would need to be that exactly. So the 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 beauty of it is local content so if you're in columbus ohio you get a relationship you get somebody over there identify somebody so you've built this blueprint yeah that you're going to expand with yeah so that's that's the idea is is is, is getting there and that's we're, brilliant. we're to point it well instead of going national we'll with the show i mean because then yeah uh, right if we were doing a health show let's say we uh-huh. could probably do that we could go to the iu school of medicine do a 30 minute show and then syndicate it because yeah. it's all the same content yeah. but this has to be you have content. to f- almost franchise the show and not sense. syndicate yeah. yeah in a sense so there's i like s- it so you know so we'll see there are several ways to do it and we've had interest over yeah the years. you got bites on it yep absolutely and it's just figuring out how do we how can we do it and you know obviously make money at it well you've already shown everyone how you can yep, do it can you do just got to find the right market for it right market and we've got some back office, like, for example, on an e-newsletter, you know, we can, you know, they can funnel content to us and we can have people here put, you know, so we have some efficiencies. That's we exciting. Could, yeah, we could, we could, we could add to the mix. So that's kind of what's, what's next. Very cool. So we'll see. That's yeah. exciting. Yeah. I'll have to have you back on and check Would on love that. love to. Would love to. I've enjoyed it very much and enjoyed the beer and, and this, <laughs> and this is a, this is actually a glass too, because I've had the, the plastic. Yeah, glass. this is glass glass. This, this is, is what's next for me. Very cool. Yeah, it's exciting. It's uh, we we had our soft opening in Germany uh, with glass. I just 
well, just got back. I'm two days back, and uh, it went so well. It went so, and actually, the most exciting thing about the whole show, we, it was the, uh, you could you could arguably say it's the largest uh, beer show in the world. So mm-hmm. from brewing it to bottling it to everything, it, from the all the way from the hops to right. the equipment that injection molds mm-hmm. stuff, like wow. it was massive. Um, at this show, there were a total of four bottom filling technologies. One was a direct ripoff of a generation one bottoms up dispenser really? that's coming out of Romania, which is outstanding. Yeah. Uh, the other one was a Korean technology that they spent, they've spent a team of people have spent five years uh, and untold millions of dollars. I mean, based on what I saw, I mean, I know what it costs yeah. to make things now and get right. to a certain point. We're talking millions of dollars. Wow. And uh, another one that, Somebody was like, oh, yeah, we should make a bottom filling dispenser, too, because everybody's asking for it. And it's just a giant piece of shit and definitely won't work. So it was exciting to see all three of these technologies that were inspired by something that I came up with eight years ago. And uh, none of them are anywhere remotely close to as good as where ours is. And we're ready to launch internationally. I mean, we're ready to go to the moon with this thing. So that's outstanding. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. It's 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 great to get it off the Who ground. Who knows? Like, international businessman Josh Mayer. Like, yeah, well, I never yeah, thought. I'm right, walking yeah. around the show like, what? What am I doing right now? It's insane. <laughs> it's good stuff. That's yeah. good stuff. It's and it is a great product. And I I, I remember um, seeing it and then kind of figuring out that you were here doing it those uh, years ago. Nobody knows that, as you said. I know. Like, people see it and they're like, where where are you what based? The heck? I'm like, yeah. well, Park 100. You're yeah. here. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, no, I just come here to vacation. Like, what, what do you think I'm doing here? Because <laughs> I remember you came up with the idea, right, mm-hmm. out, in, out in Seattle. Correct, yeah. Right? And then, yeah, I got it back here. So that's, yeah. that's a great story. Yeah, if you never ever need me back on to talk about well, I think the business. I think the international <laughs> piece. Okay. Seriously, we'll do well, that. Awesome. That sounds like a great idea. All right. Or we'll business do. in general. I'm, yeah. I'm savvier than I look. <laughs> no, I can tell it. I've enjoyed it. This has been yeah. incredible. Absolutely. Yeah. Cheers. Today on Launchpad, we're here with Gary Dick from Inside Indiana Business. We find out what we already know. High school kids are the worst. Uh-huh. Yeah. We find out what we already know. Being nice will get you further than being mean. <laughs> <laughs> I was doing so good. <laughs>